Well, we, st we started last week uh, wrestling the 500-pound gorilla that is in our midst. And I think we made some progress. I think, I think we grabbed hold of a, of a toe or two uh, last week and getting started with, with dealing with this idea. And uh, it's, it's called Let's Talk About Sex. So we're going to be in this all semester long. But what we're really dealing with is how do we, as people in relationship with Christ, want to pursue the things that Christ has for us. And so uh, one of the big areas that we're hit with uh, and from all kinds of directions uh, every day of our life um, is the idea of, of sex and, and relationships and uh, singleness and dating and marriage and we are surrounded by a million different messages that take us all in a million different directions and so we explored a lot of that uh, last week and where that leaves us and what we're going to do uh, this semester and just why uh, in that and so I want to encourage you if you if you missed last week uh, you can go uh, to the Facebook group uh, or the website uh, longhornsforchrist.org, and all of this uh, information is there. You can listen uh, to last week's message that sets us up for where we're going through the whole uh, rest of the semester. So I'm really looking forward to this. I think it's going to be uh, a powerful time for all of us as we explore these things. And so I want to uh, I want to begin tonight by just marveling, marveling at something. And I, I do this... Uh, I do this quite often because I, I, I'm kind of in that, uh, that generation just right before you guys uh, that made the transition from kind of one mode of life to the other. And what do you think was the big thing that turned life on its head over the last 20 or so years? Technology? Yeah, spe yeah technology specifically... The internet, right? Well, we, we live in these amazing, amazing times that are, that are largely facilita facilitated by this culture that technology has brought to us and that we've created with, uh, with technology. And it has allowed us something that is really incredible to me. And that is we have never, ever in the history of humanity been able to be more connected with each other than we are now, right? So, uh, like, some of you have gone out on our uh, Let's Start Talking missions to places all around the globe, and uh, what happens through that is, like, <laughs> especially this Brazil team uh, this last year, man, you could you watch everything they did, like, every day, right? You just keep up with them almost in real time. Uh, and everything that's happening is amazing. Uh, the first time that I ventured off uh, around the world, uh, and it wasn't really that long ago, was it? <laughs> it, it, this <laughs> it really wasn't that long ago. It was in the year 2000. Um, so yeah, I ventured off to Germany, and, and we like had no connections there. Like you know, you get back from a trip like that, and you tell everybody what happened, you know, and you share all your pictures and you know, that you've, like, sent your film off to get, <laughs> you know, to get developed. <laughs> you know, that's a thing. That was a thing, right? Uh, you get your film de developed, and then people can, like, look at your printed, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm old. Uh, 
But yeah, but now we just we keep each other up with each other, like even all along the way. And no matter what we're doing, right? I can pull up Snapchat right now and see an inane number of stories about all the ridiculous details of your lives. Like, what could I pull up right now of, of that you've just made today of just totally inconsequential things, right? But I can know all about them. Uh, <laughs> the guilty laugh. Uh, we document our lives thoroughly for each other. Don't we do this? Right? I do this. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm in on this. I do this. I, you, know, you know. You know this. Uh, we, we just, we, we're in this mode that's facilitated by, largely facilita- facilitated, um, I'll learn to speak tonight, that's facilitated by technology where we are so intimately um, affixed to the minutiae of each other's lives that we've never had this before, right? So there's things I know about you guys that I never, never, ever otherwise would have known about that you've just been doing or you've been sharing or uh, all those things. And what do we do with that? There's a thing that we do with that, right? We kind of curate our lives, through that. We like to get our likes, right? We do things we know will kind of rack up those likes. So <laughs> a, a little while back, Jenny and I were at a Bob Schneider concert at the, uh, at the Moody Theater, and this thing just happened that blew my mind, it, and it, it just made me go, hmm, because this guy in front of us who was at the same concert apparently had taken this picture of he and this girl that he was with, uh, some kind of like selfie picture there together, and he posted on, clearly he had fo- posted it on Facebook, and I kid you not, almost like every one or two, right? am I kidding with this? I, almost every one or two minutes, he was pulling out the phone. He would, he, would like deliver, he would pull out the phone, he'd pull it up, and he would look at that picture. Obvi- obviously for the likes and the comments that that thing was getting. And through the whole thing, like every minute, pull it back up, you know, look, scroll down, scroll around to where it was, you know, look, put it back. You know, like two minutes later, <laughs> you know, scroll down to where it was, take a look at it. This is where we've come with this, right? We, we are sharing our lives in ways to get feedback from others, to get this kind of um, affirmation on our lives from others. And what's the irony in all of this? There's a very deep irony that's taking place in our deeply, intimately connected world. What do you, what would you say is the irony that exists in this? Yeah. Right? What is that resulting in more and more and more and more of among all of us as a whole? Loneliness. Loneliness. And I've been doing this for for a while with college students. And what I have seen in the growth of the phenomenon of loneliness is astounding. And it's really astounding to me because 
we have everything we could ever possibly imagine to be involved with each other and be sharing with each other and communicating with each other. Yet we're more lonely and we're more lonely and we're more lonely. Some of you who are social media mavens talk to me about the crippling loneliness that you suffer with. And it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And this loneliness, it creates a cycle. So we seek the loneliness. It, it, it creates this drive to try to get, get something from other people, approval from other people, the attention of other people. And we start to seek that, that intimacy or that attention or that gratification that comes through other people um, in ways that, that satiates that in some kind of way. And we desperately long after those relationships with others that uh, we, we long after that. We do the things that try to satiate those, those, those desires in us and it l ends up leaving you a little bit more alone feeling alone or feeling behind or feeling different. And then what does that lead us to? It just leads us, leads us to grasping at that a little more and a little more and a little more. And you're more lonely, you're more unfulfilled. And I watch this take place. This is not just the theory up here. I watch this take place. So where does that leave us as people who have at least one thing in common, and that's some level of desire to follow Christ, to be disciples of Christ? And what we have from that is this different way of being, this different way of living in the midst of that cycle that's taking place, in the midst of those uh, that, that phenomenon of loneliness in the midst of those feelings, in the midst of that reaching out for the, the approval for, the, for others, for the attention for others, we're given another story. And what's that story? We're, we're, we're given another way of being. And what is that way of being? We actually say it every week while we're here. What's that way of being? Yeah. And? Loving God and loving others. So we're talking about love, right? In all, of this, in all of this phenomenon that we experience, we're talking about love because at the very base of our being, and I believe this very deeply, and it's why our story plays it out, it's why the story of Scripture plays it out, it's why the nature of God plays it out, is the idea of love because at our core, we are all longing for love. We are all seeking for love. We are all wanting to experience love. And so Jesus comes along, and he grabs hold of that. And he knows this, right? He knows this more than anyone ever. He understands this. And so when, in Matthew, we'll look at it here, here, uh, the uh, uh, 
the, the Pharisees were trying to, to find a way to, to trap him in the way that he answered things. And so if we can find a way that if we'll, we, uh, we set before him some kind of question like this, then we can find something in his answer that we can trap him with. So they put the question before him. They said, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. The second is very similar to it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Everything hangs on these two commandments, all of the law and all of the prophets, which is where all of our religious ideas come from, where all of our religious commandments, where all of our narrative and stories about God come from. All of the law and all of the prophets hang on these two things. Love God and love other people. This is love. This is the root of who we are. So to understand what these things mean, when Jesus says this, and when he gives us this pattern, he gives us this, this direction or this way of thinking about things, to understand what things mean like this, we sometimes have to think about what they're not saying, which I think is a really interesting exercise. What is Jesus not saying when he says, love God and, I'm sorry, love God and love other people? I can't talk tonight. Listen to, listen to the very subtle things he's not saying. Find love from God with all your heart. Now, does that sound like, does that sound like a worthwhile thing to do? Find love from God with all your heart. If I just told you to go do that, would that, would you think that sounds like an okay thing? So, I, mean, I think that would sound all right. But Jesus does not say that. He does not tell us here in the first and greatest commandment to find, to seek the love that comes from God with all of our heart. He tells us to instead do what? Do what? To love God. You love God. And the second, try to get your neighbors to love you. Does that sound like an okay thing? Is there anything wrong with trying to get your neighbors to love you? Uh, probably not on the surface, right? Right? We want to do things, right, to, to that will help people to love us. We want that, right? But Jesus does not say that. He t says instead, what? You love your neighbors. So what, what's the direction in both of these things? From you to the other, right? From you to the other. From you to God. From you to your neighbor. 
There's something profound in that. There's something extremely challenging in that. There's something that push should push against us at the deepest level in that. So we are called to love others, not to seek love for ourselves. We are not called to seek the love from God. We are not called to seek the love from other people. We are called to love God, to love others. God, God loves us not because he gets anything from it, right? God loves us, but what does he, what does he really get in return from us? What is his love based on for us? Not a whole lot, is it? He doesn't really get a whole lot from us. So God loves us. So we're looking at the, at the way God loves, but that's, but that's God, right? That's God. What does he need? What's it, why, is it, why would it be important for him to need something? He's God. That's the wrong question because our call is to be formed into the image of Christ. And this is where we learn a different idea of what it means to understand love. So let's go to Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. And I want you to hear these words from Paul about our quest to be like Christ. So he says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, and he's talking about what we've received from him, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. If you know the love you've received from God, which I hope that you do, I hope that you have some concept of the love that you have already received from God, no matter where you are right now, no matter what you've done right now, no matter what your life looks like right at this moment or anywhere in the past, you have received an ultimate kind of love from God. And so Paul says, what does that mean for you since you've received that? You'd be like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit, and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, here's what your love looks like. In humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but to each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself, what? Nothing. By taking the very nature of us, what? A servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So what did the love in Jesus look like? What did it look like? Talk to me. Describe this love that exists in Jesus. Sacrifice. What other words would you use? That's a big one. Humility. Sacrifice. Humility. What else? 
selfless, selflessness, right? Compassion. Where did Jesus put himself relative to the people that he was loving? What's that? Below, right? He did not, Jesus, the Son of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. Paul says, this is the love you've experienced. But this is not just a love that you receive. This is now a love that you give. This is how you love. This is how you know love. So relationships are a practice of giving yourself to others, not receiving from others, not finding self-fulfillment from others. We're called to love others, not to seek love for ourselves. And this is the direction, or this is a direct reflection of what we have in Christ. So our, de- our desires, our base desires, drive us to this place where we want to receive so that we, something in us is filled. But you have received that. You have received that. Now your, your practice is to live this love that is not for you. It's for others. Let's go to Romans 5. He, Paul describes this again. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for who? The ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The foundation of relationship is not about you. It's about the other. So if you long after someone to date to cover your loneliness, I hate to tell you this, if that's your motivation, you're probably going to find yourself disappointed. If you're longing after people to validate you and affirm you, (laughs) I I sound like such a downer tonight. You might come up short. (laughs) If you seek after someone or others to fill a void that you have, you may do everything in your power to try to fill that void, and you still look at yourself and you find yourself empty. I see this. But, I try to start smiling here. But, if you seek to give yourself to others, if you seek to dive into someone else's life for their sake, not what you get from it. If you invest in community for what you have to give to them, if you open yourself sacrificially and offer yourself up, if you find your concern to be those ar- for those around you more than yourself, 
if you practice valuing the needs of others first, then you might know some deep and rich experience of love. Now I'm going to get really specific here. Sorry, I'm going to go frown again. I want us to be very careful about the shortcuts we take to relationships. And I don't want to step on any toes here, but I might. And I'm sorry, but not sorry. But I'm sorry, but I'm not. Um, I'm going to say it very specifically. The hookup culture will not satisfy you. It will not satisfy you. And the hookup culture is all around us. The hookup culture is pervades through some of us. And I know that. But I'm telling you tonight, the hookup culture will not satisfy you on any level. Folks, Tinder is not your friend. It's not your friend. Now, I know, I know, there are good things that have happened that have come through the avenue of, you know, something like Tinder. Okay, I get it. You can give me a story. I understand that, and I recognize that. But I'm going to stand firmly with you that things like Tinder are not your friend. They are not your friend. Because what is it based on? What You tell me what it's based on. What do all these things sound like? Seeking love for what? For yourself. Seeking gratification for the self. Okay. Now, let me say again, I know there's, there's some exceptions that have happened. I understand. Even in this room, I get it. But things like tender are not for those who are seeking to know a life of love that comes from God. Because that love is not based on you. That love is not based on your self-fulfillment, your gratification of your desires, your uh, achievement of affirmation from others. God swiped right on you a long time ago, okay? <laughs> All right? He did. Okay, now you, sw you swipe right on him, and we'll get all that over with, okay? <laughs> all right? Now you've got that relationship with somebody who loves you unfaithfully forever, okay? <laughs> right? Uh, real friends, it's based, that, that kind of thing has its root in shallowness and selfishness. And I don't want you to fall into the trap. I don't want you to fall into that trap. Because <laughs> I love you guys. I love you guys, and I don't want to see you go down those paths that leave you empty, that leave you broken, that leave you disappointed. Because God will not leave you disappointed, and the love that God calls you to show and experience will never leave you disappointed. 
happen. Real friends don't happen automatically. Real relationships don't happen automatically. If you long after people to seek you out, you may be waiting a long time. <laughs> right? It's just a kind of, it's just a reality. It's not, I don't want to be pessimistic. That's just a reality. It takes time and effort and investment into the lives of others to develop real, true, solid, foundational love that lasts forever. Even if you don't know somebody forever, you can have that kind of foundational love with them. But it takes work and it takes effort and it takes the Spirit of God in you and it takes a loss of the self, a loss of the gratifications of the desires of the self. That's what it means to die to yourself. When you go to Jesus in baptism, what's the symbol of that? What's the symbol of baptism? What? Being buried, right? And when you're buried, what's, what's the, what's the uh, inference of being buried? What's happened to you? You've died, right? You die. You die and you're buried and you're raised with Jesus. And this is the life we seek to live every day, new life that is dying to the self and living into Jesus, right? And so your relationships look like that. If you're living into that, your relationships have others above you, what you give to them and not what they give to you. Do you sense this? Is there a theme here? Right? It's, a, it's the death to you, right? Which is a beautiful, beautiful, wonderful thing because that opens up the avenues of all the real love you could ever want to ever know. But it's because it's coming from you because God is channeling to you, to come from you, and we can do that. I see you guys living that. That's why I love this community. This is a community of so many people who are invested in the lives of others, who are putting other people first, who are living sacrificially, who are dying to the self, and your lives are being transformed because of that, and that's why I do this every day of my life, is I get to see that kind of love being played out. So let's go that direction, shall we? Let's, let's see these other roads over here and say those are not for us because that's not real. This is real. And let's live that. Let's pray about that. Father, we, oh man, we are, so, uh, we are so filled to the brim by the love that comes from you. Um, and we know that that's difficult. We, that it's, it's hard to always feel that. And we know that it's not always a feeling. It's a state of being. It's a reality. You are with us. Your faithful to, no, to us is never-ending and completely unbroken. That's your promise to us. And so because you've loved us like that, we want to love others in that same kind of way, to make ourselves nothing before the lives of others, to serve others, to seek the, the, the well-being of those around us and those we encounter in the world uh, because we love them. And we know love flows back to us, but that's not what our, that's not what our goals are. And Father, you've created this, this incredible economy of love, so to speak. And man, we exist within that. And we want to learn from that. We want to be transformed a little more and a little more and a little more into that to know that it's not about us. It's about you, and it's about others. 
And we want this, this little deeper layer of reality in that uh, to, to change us a little bit more so that we desire that. And we desire that over the things that bring us um, quick, quick and, and immediate gratification sometimes over and over, but then the end leaves us hollow. Father, you've, you've loved us so much that you don't want that for us. You want us to be redeemed and you want us to be whole and you want to live into that. So help us to help each other do that. Father, I love this community. I love this spiritual family in this place that's looking out for each other and loving each other like that. Father, we give all of this to you right now in the name of Christ. Amen.